Jordan, how you doing, man? What's happening? Appreciate you being on here. Yeah, of course. It's been a, a fun few years getting to know you, getting to do some business with you. And, um, you know, we started doing marketing for ARL Logistics, which has been awesome. But, um, you know, we started connecting a couple years back on the suit side of things. And you've yep. just supported the hell out of us since day one. And um, it's cool to watch you from this side taking lead in your business and trying to keep up and change the way logistics are doing because it's such a stale industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's evolving. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there trying to make some changes and it's just a very fragmented industry. So what we're trying to do is really push that for that collaboration so that let's, let's all work together to try to move this. Cause if we all try to do it separately, like we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, and there'll be winners and losers, but it's like, what doesn't work better if there's more of us are winners, you know, we all kind of raise the bar collectively. Yeah. And I mean, that's been your strategy for the most part since you've really taken lead here. Yeah. And networking, just the commitment to networking getting out and seeing people, we say expand the network yeah. all the time, which is why, yeah, when I, when I met you originally, I mean, checked a lot of boxes of, you know, Pittsburgh guy, entrepreneur, bet on himself, um, doing the charity work, which is kind of, I think, the big yeah. tipping point for us. Um, I was not a custom suit guy, but I guess I am now. Yeah, dude, you have, you have a ton, man. We, we appreciate that. And even like, I was talking to Krista the other day, and um, just you continue to, to treat us so well. It's just, it's cool, man. And it, to me, I look at it so much more than, just you doing that it's it's more of a you understand life and how business works and you take care of your team you know yep. that's one thing that i've loved about what you guys do the environment you have in your office the cult company culture you have is is second to none i really believe that and i'm, I'm assuming you probably had a big portion to deal with that because you you've taken lead in pittsburgh for this company yeah no that was it's a big part of us to, to treat our people right give them a place they can grow and that they're a part of our success and that a lot of logistics companies up in a way that obviously you know the top earners are the, are the champs and they, they're the ones getting all the praise they get all the money all the perks and which is good i mean you want those guys hunting and you want younger people to see those guys and aspire to be that but what ends up happening is you scale as you you have a few of them yep. and a lot of people down below and then it becomes unrealistic to see how do i actually get there so few get there and they get discouraged so our goal was from from day one was to to build a culture where everyone's successful and and every, success is defined differently by different people it's what you want to put into right. it but they should be seeing you know personal growth year over year and also financial growth year over year and i always tell people it's no shame in saying we work to make money yeah of course you know so this is we don't do this for for our health and everything else it's fun what we're doing but ultimately we should be taking a step forward every year and if those around you are also seeing the benefits of that you know, now we're all beating to the same drum. Yep. We're coming in on Mondays, excited to be there, not dreading to be there. Yeah. You know, thinking of different things that we can do together to, to collaborate and grow the company more. You know, it just, it's a great environment to be in. Yeah, dude, that's, you know, I, I've worked briefly in, in, well, I guess not briefly, eight years in, in co kind of corporate America-ish or the, you know, um, the, that type of lifestyle. I was only three or four months where I actually had to go to an office. The rest of that was me being by myself. So I never... I never really got to appreciate what the culture was like other than when I would go to, you know, the quarterly meetings or the, the national sales meeting. And I really looked forward to those because it was me finally getting to spend time with people that you get to bitch about the same stuff to each other, right? Yeah. You get to talk about the success, you get to talk about the frustrations and things of that nature. And when I was by myself throughout the year, I would pick up the phone and we, there were certain people I talked to almost every single yeah. day, two or three times a day. So I guess I should say I did, I was fortunate enough to have that, that culture and experience, but it was never on the day to day, truly getting to see each other. 
And I think there's so many, I was t- texting somebody today and he's like, you know, bitching about going back to work and I get it, you know, your long weekend, all that stuff. Yeah. But man, it's like you, you part of your life, a big part of your life is what you do for a living. Yep. And I think so many people don't understand how important it is to want to really be um, focused every day and to put the attention and the detail and, and the and the care in every day. And as I'm building a business, that stuff has always been a big problem when it doesn't work because one or two people can really hurt the environment. Sure. Yeah. And it, you have to love what you're doing and then you're always working. You know, so then the, the days start to feel the same and people tell you, hey, you got to disconnect. And it goes, yeah, you got to find your ways to disconnect. But ultimately, if if it's ingrained in your life and just becomes a part of your life, and then also that means your personal is going to intermix so that I'm sure you, there's things you got to handle middle of the day on a weekday, yeah. you know, that you got to step away and just handle it. And For it's sure. not a big deal. They just figure out how to catch up later. And having that freedom to do it, and I think a lot of people are seeing it now because, you know, work from home, work remote, all these things. Um, I personally am not a big working remote type guy. I do believe that you should want to be around other people as you're trying to create and build something. Uh, but at the same time, like, you got to be able to step away to just go handle it. I'd rather you go spend two hours and, and take care of whatever you need to for your family or, or, or personal reasons and then come back clear. And I know they'll, they'll get the work done. That's yeah. And then also the other teammates, they know that too, and they're going to step in and help them. So it's not like the, the business skips a beat, right? You know, and vice versa, you're, you know, if you have that good culture that the teammates will, you'll, you'll turn around and do it for one of your teammates yeah. as well. And it's the same thing in sports, right? Somebody gets hurt, someone gets injured, somebody misses a play. You want to make up for the team yeah. and it's the same. Next man up to Tom would say. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah, the standard is the standard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but no, that, that's cool. So whenever you got to ARL was the, was the culture that way, or was this something that as you've kind of climbed the ranks, it was something that you were able to take control of and steer it a little bit differently. Talk to me a little bit about that because I, you know, a lot of people that listen, business owners, people that have a, a, an interest in what we're doing from a personal growth standpoint, helping on their own company culture. And this is a topic that I love getting an idea from people because the, the most successful people tend to share these things that sure. you're talking about. Yeah. No, I think so. If anyone knows Ron Faraday, they know that his, his work ethic, where he stands as a human, where he stands as a, as a businessman. Uh, his commitment to networking over the years and that was one of the most when I first met Ron back in 2015 the most impressive thing is we've been in the same industry together but in two different verticals and the the network that he had was tremendous and it was just it was all based on handshakes and yep. respect um, so that was always there the you know entrepreneurial spirit and the grind and the always on and, and being that servant leader that was always there um, he, but Ron's always had agents you know, so he's never had a company store before building something from the ground up and the biggest thing when he came to me is that he needed someone like me because he want, had this idea, but he also had no additional time. He was already stretched so thin. So a lot of what we did was some things that we took from our past job experiences, things that we liked, but also tweaked them in a way that know that these, this is going to appeal to a lot of different people. Uh, but also it's, it's sustainable and something we can build over time. And our industry is big on the work hard, play hard, but that's usually used by recruiters to bring people in because it's a numbers game. If I can bring in 10 people, I can get one person that's out of it. If I bring a hundred people, then I should get 10 people out of it. And it's like, now we'd rather take, you know, that environment to make the people that are here never want to leave. Correct. And that they're going to keep bringing the effort every day. So I'll continue and invest in them. Even if it takes a little bit longer with certain people. You know, I always hope people, as long as you show up every day and you're grinding and you're open to coaching, you know, we keep investing. Yeah. You know, why would I spend all this money to find you, train you just because you didn't hit a number last month to say, oh, this is over. Yeah. 
You know, I'd rather spend that additional time as long as they still have a positive mentality. So the culture was built to make sure that they feel like they can recharge right. at any given time to then, you know, hey, I'm having a bad moment. That's all right. Take a break. Yeah. You know, and then get back in. And that, that was a big frustration when I was in medical sales. I remember it was like for to, to go up a level in, in, in your base salary, there were $5,000 increments. And you had to have two successful years back to back of hitting plan. And then you went up another $5,000 for base. And then I think there was, you could go up 10,000 or something. So, but then if you missed it, you went back down uh-huh. Nice. and it was like, first of all, there's different things that happen, right? You have personal human things that happen that it just, you may be off for a couple months and then it ruins the entire year for you. Yeah. There's technology changes. There's comp- competition that pops in that has something different and unique. And I never understood the environment. I think that was a big reason what frustrated me and made me want to really look elsewhere was like, how can I be so good for you as a, an employee for this many years? And then I had one bad year and then yeah. now all of a sudden I'm on the chopping block for my second year. It doesn't yeah. make sense at all. It's crazy. And especially when you're not involved in all the decisions of the company. You know, so there's things that happen that you have to now adjust to, yep. you know, and you know, I'm sure they're making what they think is the best decision for the company as a whole, but not the best for you as an employee in that position. Right. You know, and you might need some more time to adjust to that. So knowing that, you know, we have to make decisions that are best for the company and knowing that that could have some positive and negative effects on people, hopefully mostly positive. But you got to look at each situation differently. Yeah, you know, for, for sure. And I just never want anyone to have to wait two years to try to get, you know, $5,000 raise. Like, I want them to be able to say, like, I can go get that raise, you know, on my own yeah. by doing X, Y, and Z over the next six months you know, and control their own destiny. Yeah. And I think that's, there's probably a big shift happening and, and you would know more than me, but in, in, in the way of life and work right now, the opportunities that people want to feel more of a part of something, um, for that exact instance, it's like, Hey, the, the traditional as we were growing up is, Hey, you work a job and every year you get a 2%, 3% yeah. raise. And like, that's, typically how a lot of companies operate, but like, why would there not be some form of a performance put in there? Why would there, you know, I, I don't know how you guys slice it at, at, at ARL and everything, but I'm assuming it's like, look, if you want to be here, work your ass off, put your best foot forward every single day and just do what we coach you to do. And you end up making more money than you probably realize. Sure. And then there's, we have KPIs, you know, so there's KP, individual KPIs and there's team-based KPIs. And knowing that, you know, hey, as the company's doing better, we all should do better. And we can see those numbers. So we know what success is. But then also, everyone's in their own, they're in their different phase of their professional development. So you have individual KPIs of what you should be doing. And it's not because, hey, you don't don't do these, you're going to get fired. It's if you want to be successful, this is what success has looked like previously. Yeah. You know, so results are always end game in sales. And you know what? If you got to your results with that little effort, kudos to you. Yeah. You know, hopefully that keeps up for you, but numbers would say it's probably not. You're going to need to keep grinding. But if you're not getting those results right now, now hit these KPIs so that we can keep investing in you and yep. your time and effort is, is what we get in return. And that, that's something. So we're for the clothing side of, of what I'm doing now. I'm, you know, we stripped down everybody right before COVID and through COVID. And then now it's just Chris and myself and we're getting ready to launch in the back half this year and hiring a team and bringing people on. And even just hearing you talk about like the, the team KPIs that you could potentially have, like how much fun is that as, as part of your day job is to talk to people that you work with 
to help one another, to coach one another, to be to give them tips and suggestions, talk to them about shit that you went through that was a problem, how you worked it out, so, so then they don't have to yeah. make that same mistake. There's something to me that's so powerful about that and, and, and really fulfilling, and that's one thing I can't wait to start doing is like, hey, let's let's have a company goal. Like, right, let's actually yeah. operate, as, operate as a company. Let's have a goal. Let's have a team for the just the reps. Hey, let's have a competition within the reps. Yep. And all those things are so good because – you know, it's it, it breaks up the monotony of just working, and it also it, it um you know it allows somebody an opportunity to benefit themselves, and also look you 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 can grow long term at a company like ARL and yeah. other businesses as well if you bust your ass. Yeah, yeah, it's not that hard. No, it's really not, and and we try to you know we call it the gamification of the numbers, you know, <laughs> so all these things are transparent, everyone can see it. So then, yeah, you will get your peers kind of riding on you yeah. too. And there's a little bit of chirping at the end of the For day, sure. they're looking at what's going on and want to know where they stand. But at the end of the day too, it's, they want to win, but they also want to see them pushing their peers to do better as well. Figuring if they do better, that's going to push them to do better. And they know that it's not, they're not threatened by the competition. They actually want it. And if they see a, a, a player, yeah, that's not bringing it that day, they're like, come on, man, what yeah. are we doing here? It's like, cause I mean, it's like, you, you know, you're only strong as your weakest link, you know, but that negative energy could ride over. So they instantly want to squash it and get that person back into it. And they're saying like, there's always a KPI that you can win, you know, and some of them are effort based. So those guys are out crushing on the results and, you know, all right, that's great. But they're only winning in a couple of those columns. Like go after that result based one just by working hard. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it, I hate to say like, it's, it's that easy, but Man, when I came out of school, it was like, just give me a job, and I'm going to work harder than anybody that's there. Yeah. And then I'll figure out what happens the rest of the way. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's taking it into your own hands, right? That's, that's what not enough people do nowadays, which is kind of crazy, um, because I think it's the most obvious yeah. situation. And if the better you are and the more attention you get from success you're going to have, naturally people are going to want to keep you around longer and promote you and bring you in, or they just see more value and maybe a competitor comes over and says, hey, like, you guys are, you know, you're doing this. I noticed you're, you're there. Hey, why don't you come in and have an opportunity with us? Yeah. Makes you more valuable as a, as a tangible resource for somebody. Well, you should always, you know, bleed for the company that's investing in you and, and, keep, and give them that fair shot. But there's always going to be that time where if you don't feel like you've gotten it, there's no reason to sit there and, and be mad about it. Yeah. You know, go and market yourself and try to f and figure it out. And hopefully before then, you know, your employer figures it out. But worst case, you know, they may need to lose you yeah. to figure it out. And I've seen plenty of employers that will lose that person. You see them be successful somewhere else and they still don't change. Yeah. But whatever, that's their model. Yeah, no knocking on that. But it's not the employee's obligation to wait for that moment. Correct. Hopefully they see it, they invest in it, and then they give you those opportunities to grow. I think the other side of it, though, is sometimes, especially with, you know, people coming through today, they want that instant gratification. Absolutely. Without like, putting the work in. Six months is like 10 years to them. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, well, I've been here six months. I should deserve the things. It's like, yeah, if you're really good, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, and there should be a path. You should see what that path is to, to be in what's next. And you don't need to wait five years. Not like you know, our parents probably would right. sit around in a job for 20 yeah, years for and sure. wait for something. For sure. But, you know, that you have to have that balance and be fair to the employer, too. How do you have that conversation with a new hire or somebody that's coming on board? I mean, um, what's your thought process on that? Because that's a good point. And in today's world, companies like Amazon, things like Instagram, it's a now, now, now. It's a look at me. It's a how fast can I do something? And all these memes that float around on social media. Is, I, I saw this one, and I, it keeps popping up. It pisses me off. I'll just send it to you. It's something like... 
the dude and it's a it's a young guy that's probably 10 years younger than us yeah. and it's one of the swipe pictures and the first picture it's him reading a magazine and then the second one it's like and three months later he's making a hundred thousand dollars a month it's like no like no yeah. he's not yeah. stop that yeah. like how do you how do you in today's day and age and hiring and bringing people on and is it just something up front hey you build that camaraderie with whoever you're interviewing. Hopefully they come on board. And at that point, it's like you really lay it out for them. Like you will have an opportunity yep. here, you know, but it's going to take time work and it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll talk to any, whether entry level or experience doesn't matter to me is saying, okay, look, I need to know what the number is that makes you feel good about taking this job and, you know, you can pay your bills, whatever you might have. Or if you're married, you can go home and tell your spouse, like I'm making it, making a career move. But ultimately like, I can explain you about what's going on in my business. I can let you shadow, but you're not going to pick it all up. So let's give it six months. Get on the job. We'll train you, you know, whatever training you need. Um, we'll go over all these KPIs. Was, you know, you'll have a much better picture of what our business is. And I said, at that six months, we're going to sit down and talk about, you know, potentially you know, how much risk do you want to take? You know, because that's the other thing for me is like, I never want an employee that's going to have to ask for a raise. It's like, we're going to work it out and structure it. And if you want to take, a, you know, a little risk, well, we'll just go salary plus small commission, salary plus bonus, whatever it is. But if you want a lot of risk, you know, we can go more towards the straight commission side of things. Uh, but you can't have that educated conversation or negotiation until you've been with us six months. So the other side of it is after six months, I want you to call my baby ugly. I said, come in here and pick it apart. You know, six months absorb, but then I want to start hearing those ideas because just because that's how we build it doesn't mean that's the way it's got to go. So maybe from that, we find something that you can own, a process that you can own or an improvement that you're going to be in charge of it now. And there's other ways that I can incentivize. You're going to help me grow the business by fixing a problem that we didn't either we didn't identify before or we just didn't have time to handle it. And you're going to run it and I'll compensate you off that. So, so they will basically have an opportunity to help you build and put more foundation in the business um, as they're there and become more involved based off of their experience. You're, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize you did that. Yeah, and it's it's always hard, and you never know. It. You have to wait the six months to kind of figure it out. And there's a lot of conversations that will happen between then, yeah. then and there. But I always tell you, like, you got to look from the business side of it, too. If you want to make more money, you have to you know have the business earn more money as well. So, you know, through that, whether it's a process improvement that streamlines the process that, you know, makes us more efficient and enhances the bottom line, or just a better way of us, you know, selling a certain service that now we can grow another revenue stream, you know, or it even just becomes you managing a few people that's going to allow me to promote one of my existing guys so that we can now, you know, scale the business, you know, then you'll go into that management role. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's really, it's not necessarily that they have to come up with something, but maybe the business has a need and you fill it. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize, you know, look, there are businesses that do a hundred million dollars a year and then they make, they net 2 million, a million, 5 million, right? Or there's businesses that make, you know, the 10 million as a top line revenue and they're netting three or 4 million. It's so... I, I've learned even more so through this because I was always one of the sales reps in medical. It was like, why can't we just do this promotion? Why can't I just sell it for this price? And you realize like businesses have to sell and stay true to who they are to, at a specific price because of whoever's running the business. There's obviously reasons that that, that, that number or that target is put into place. So until, you know, I, 
shame on me because I didn't understand that to the extent of understanding what really goes into a business yep. and how things operate. Uh, but it's cool to have feedback like that because sometimes a clean set of eyes is a is a good opportunity to see something you haven't seen. Yeah, and a lot of times too, you know, they'll have a lot of good ideas, and there's things that we have identified, and for one reason we can't do it, or there's a reason why, and we'll sit down and explain to them the business reason why it's, it can't be done. Or maybe they're just, you know, in those six months, we didn't explain every aspect of social kind of, oh, we're going to take, let you step back now and look at it from our vantage point of, of why we're doing it that way. And it might even be something that said, hey, what, we agree it's not ideal, but until I can automate it, you yeah. know, it's just what it's going to be for now. But, you know, to table that idea. But I think if you don't explain them the whole picture, then they'll just walk away mad because you told them no. Yeah, of course. You know, I was like, no, it's, it's either a no or it's a no, not right now. And here is why. Yeah. And ask as many questions about that as you want. I was just talking to someone yesterday and they were mentioning um, their boss and he owned a business and this person came in and um, started like saying, hey, just, you know, I put him in the office and just said, hey, you know, if we made this change, this change and this change, you know, I think it would make sense for the business and also for you. And his response was, you know, I just don't have time for that. That's not a priority right now. And then that person's like, well, yeah. well fuck you. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. be interested in doing this anymore. <laughs> Thank you for slamming that, face, yeah. that door in my face. Yeah. Like people people want to be a part of it. And, and I think they should want that. Right. And I think people care now more than they did when I was 23, 24, 25. I think the mindset of a lot of businesses and may, maybe then I was just hanging out with different people. Right. Um, which could be a huge part of it but i just i think people people value their time more than they ever have now and i think the pandemic certainly sped that up to or or brought that to light more i mean people are quitting jobs now without even having another job yeah it's crazy which is just that was something you never really thought yeah. about before yeah so there's a huge shift happening in in the day-to-day -day mentality of an employee yeah and i'm wondering where that's going to go you know because i think a lot of people i mean they're a lot of em employees that are free agents now and doing just that and they're looking for that perfect situation you know and i've had i had someone reach out to me on linkedin recruiter on the job we had posted and she, she was flat out and honest she's like look been working from home we got the kids you know I'm, i am literally only looking for remote jobs and everything else which i appreciate she was upfront about it i can't accommodate that right um if your situation ever changes let me know um, but there's a lot of employers you're hearing about, like they have to accommodate these requests because their employees are just not going to come back. <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. Yeah. I, I just, I can't, I can't get down with that mindset. Cause I just think to, to your point, like companies are still loyal. They're giving you an opportunity to make money, right? The work environment may not be the best for certain businesses. And that, that's something that needs to be addressed but they're investing in you as an employee coming on board. So the least that you do is to owe it to somebody to do it the right way. Hey, here's my two weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away at this point, not yeah. just throwing the paper in the air and walking out yeah. the office, man. Well, it's you're taking your foot down on a, on a, you know, COVID brought this new life to them. It wasn't the job you were hired to. It was never the expectation. Right. So like, as we shift back now um, and we can debate on how long we should have been that way and, and whatnot, but it is what it is now. So you go back to the job that you want to set. Now, if you can negotiate with your boss and in a very fair way that says, hey, this this worked for me and this is why, you know, and that's something maybe they can work towards. Like, don't put a gun to their right. head. Yeah, of course. But if I mean, if in the meantime, it's all fair. If you get another job and you put your two weeks in that someone to accommodate it, then it is what it is. Yeah, what absolutely. Can you do? It's funny. I, my a couple of my friends, they were at, you know, one person was at American Eagle and one was at, a, I think, PNC or whatever. And I think... 
six months ago, their company said, oh, we're never going back to the office. And then I, I had uh, dinner with my buddy the other day, and he's like, yeah, now they're looking at going back three, four days a week. And so I think it's already past that stage of, yeah. of working from home consistently. I think Americans were just programmed different. And I also do believe, like you said, you got to be there to have that real experience with people. The shift may happen where it's not five days a week or it's, or it's maybe not four days a week, but I think going back, the majority of the week is certainly going to be in question or is certainly going to be the lead of how things are going to move forward in business. I, and there's certain jobs that I would agree that could stay home forever. Um, there's going to be certain like the software engineers, developers, things like that. You know, I heard it like from guys in Chicago too. It's like the thought of trying to get someone to come in to downtown Chicago and pay all the expenses to do that. It's like, they're just going to get another job because there's eight of them that they can get right now. So yeah. you, ha- you have to make the business decision and say, okay, you guys can work remote. But the good side of that now is maybe that before they were recruiting only in Chicago, now they can recruit all over the country. It's like, well, if we're going to let you guys work remote, I can get someone in you know, Pittsburgh to do yeah. it, you know, Florida, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so I think it, it is a balance. There's, there's certain parts of your business though, that you do, you just need them in the office and for a growing business. I mean, you just need to be around each other in, in some right? other industries could be completely different. I mean, Silicon Valley has been doing this stuff forever, you know? So, but for the companies that weren't doing this prior to COVID, they probably would prefer not to keep Absolutely. doing it. Yeah. So, so let's get back to ARL as a whole organization, company. I was fortunate to have a long conversation with Ron at, at the event. And, um, you know, what you had said about him is it, it's just really awesome to see because I, Ron has done things with ARL that I aspire to do with my business as I continue to grow. And I think those entrepreneurial-minded people, you tend to, I mean, you know how it is, you just instantly click with him, right? Yep. You, those people put off such a good, powerful aura of who they are because they genuinely they want to help people. I think first and foremost, yeah. people like Ron they they know the success that he was able to earn by busting his ass. He wants other people and everybody that's involved in your in your organization to have that same opportunity to grow and enjoy life the way that he has. Yep. And I think that's what's so powerful about the foundation of everything. So let's let's talk a little bit about the the day to day of ARL. Um, kind of a day in the life of what you're doing now. And then I want to kind of dive into the future because I know you guys are growing at a pretty sure. rapid pace and pace. And, and it's it's crazy to see the industry as a whole, as we mentioned, it, it's an older school mentality industry, but you guys are doing a lot of cool things to change that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, you know, starting with Ron, like I said, in the beginning, just a, a great guy in general, puts a lot of trust in you from day one. Um, and over the years too, that trust has burned him. You know, and it's some people that, you know, maybe didn't deserve it, you know, took advantage of it. And um, that didn't stop him from taking a chance on me, which I will always be thankful for. But also I I carry that as a responsibility that, you know, we have a lot. We we got to keep earning that respect every day, although he puts no pressure on me to do it. Yeah. You know, and then but we then that trickles down to all my guys. Same thing. It's like, hey, Ron never once has come to us and said, why don't you hit this number? Why aren't you guys doing this? You know, but at the same time, like we actually want to work harder because he does not do that to us. That's awesome. Yeah. So the day in the life really, it's like I've, a lot of days I don't even necessarily talk to him. And a lot of times if he is calling me, I know it's because he, he, he either talked to someone about a deal or it's following up on another deal that we're doing, or it's a trip that we got coming up. Yeah. And it's always creatively thinking about the next move that we're going to be going on. And it's never about, Oh, I saw that report last night and, you know, the numbers look bad and what are we doing to fix it? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, that that's so cool because to me that just spells it out right there, right? There's, you are in the position you're in for a reason. 
he doesn't question it. Doesn't there's no reason for him to think otherwise of hey, this was the greatest hire that I made, right? And I think that's something that a lot of business owners. Um, and, and I questioned myself a lot in the beginning because everybody that came on board essentially had failed. And a lot was my fault from a standpoint of I didn't have the right processes in place. You know, we were such a new business at yeah. the time and I tried scaling across the country and, you know, it worked for a little bit, but it was never sustainable. We didn't have the product at that time. We didn't have the consistency at that time. We didn't even have, you know, freaking measuring videos to show you how to do things. So I would fly and train somebody for three or four days and then I'd come home and expect them to remember that. Yeah. So but but every single person I hired, I, I realized like I wasn't going to hold um, anything against the next person based off of how somebody treated me. And pretty much everybody that, that's worked for me screwed me over in some capacity. And it's it's disheartening for a minute, but then you start realizing that's just part of finding good people. And, you know, Krista's been incredible now that we have her for two years. And, we, and there's two other people we're looking at bringing on in different okay. cities. So, you know, that mentality of how Ron kind of conducts his life and his business is cool because to see where he's at with you guys and to see the scale, it's 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 pretty impressive, man. And without knowing him for the last how many years, like yeah. I understand what he's been through just by the, the simple statement of how you portray him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's an easy guy to go to battle for every day, you know. So then that's the culture that we bring. And then, you know, I, I hope that my employees would sit here and say the same thing about me. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of jokes out there of uh, a couple of my guys, <laughs> too. Maybe had a couple of cocktails, yeah, pounding <laughs> in their chest a little bit about things we'll do. But, you know, and, and I, that's a respect that I feel like to earn every day, more so than the respect of Ron. I know he gives me that without blinking an eye, but it's a personal responsibility that I need to do. And every decision I make, everything I do each day is to make sure that my employees respect me and what I'm doing and know that I got their best interests at heart. But sometimes that means, you know, I got to have a customer's best interest at heart or an agent's best interest, a vendor. But at, all, at the end of the day, it's to take care of the employees to make sure this is a sustainable business. And they, they bet on me. Yeah. You know, so I have all those families that are riding on me. And then it's, it's interesting because then you, you, know, you look to the, the personal side of it for me. It's like, my family's just kind of used to this. And I've explained them, like, look, obviously my family is priority number one, but if I don't make all of them seem, you know, they're the priorities all the time, then that, that trickle-down effect doesn't happen for us. Yeah. So the personal sacrifice we make to make sure that we have a financial future, you know, that we don't have to worry about, you know, how we're going to pay that next bill or if COVID happens, well, what are we going to do? Like, we're fortunate in that regard, but it means I have to service these other families yeah. to make sure that they're, they're all happy and thriving. Yeah. And I tell that to anyone that comes on board. It's like the second you come on board, you're instantly part of the family. You got 100% of my trust. You know, I said, but don't mistake that for a weakness either. I mean, I've had people that, that took advantage of that. And I also have no hard feelings towards cutting ties. Because yeah. if I have to do what's best for these, the group of families, if one person is trying to screw that up, that can't happen. How, how difficult was it for you in any situation when you have to let somebody go? Um, you know, I, that, that was very difficult for me in the beginning. And then it got to the point, my, my mentality when I started was, hey, I'm going to hire fast and fire slow because I'm going to give them all these alternatives. Okay, cool. Let me hear your story on why this doesn't work. But then you realize, like, a lot of people don't change if something's already at the attention that, that needs to be talked about. Um, but then you realize like you got to take your time and hire the right people. And whenever it's that person that slips through the cracks and just wasn't a good fit, it doesn't mean they're a yeah. bad person. You got to get rid of them fast. Yeah. Um, Cause that could be very toxic for a business. Yeah. And I'm hundred percent transparent with that person at that point, as much as I was transparent with them during the hiring process, you know, as I said, one person can't mess this all up. Now, I think what you see a lot is in the higher fast mentality is sometimes things happen with the business that then makes it so, hey, we're going to have to lay some people off to, make, to keep this thing going, to protect what's left. And that I never agreed with. And I said, we make, 
we hire a little bit slower because we're just making sure, you know, that, that, that if the business that turns, that's on me, that ain't on you. You didn't, it wasn't your fault. So I should be eating that, not you. And so we, it's a little methodical in the things that we do. And, and our industry is very cyclical. It goes up and down right now. It's been booming and that shows no signs of stopping. We all know it will. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> it'll it probably be. be next year, but at some point it'll happen. And I need to make sure I have enough buffer in there. It says when that, when the economy wants to pump the brakes, that I could just pump the brakes on hiring. I don't have to let anyone go. We'll just ride it out for a little bit and then let the model mature again before we, we go again. So I think all, all our growth is always like up, flat, up, flat. Yeah. But, you know, you hope that just each time you flatten out, you, you know, you learn from each the previous ones and then you're ready to jump again a little bit faster. So without anybody, you know, listening that has not a lot of knowledge in the logistics space, can you talk a little bit about the day-to-day as far as operations, you know, your type of clients, customers that you yeah. work with, and just how that side of the business operates? Yeah, I mean, really anyone that ships freight is a potential customer, and we, we definitely operate in the truckload world. So any, uh, you know, 53-foot drive-in you see out on the highway or flatbed moving, you know, open deck freight, um, the containers that you see on the rail um, all over the country, yeah, all that is the type of freight that we're looking for. Um, and ultimately what we're doing in the morning is working with our operations team to make sure we're, we're utilizing the best assets out there to move that freight most efficiently and cost effectively for our customers. Um, we have a lot of competition too. So a lot of that means like if we can't provide the service at a certain price, then we're just not going to get the business too. That's one of the unmet, the hard things to measure in our business. How much did you miss? Yeah. Because yeah, you do have to, you take a lot of swings every day and you miss on a lot of them. Um, but for the biz, you know, the customers have been with us a while. They've seen that not only do we move products from point A to point B, that's, that's, that's what you're supposed to do, but we're always trying to find that value added service to bring them, whether it's more information about what's going on within the industry for the data analytics side so that they can present information back to their, their bosses or their salespeople. So they fully understand within the supply chain when potentially you might have some issues, um, or if it's just more visibility to what's going on. I think I said back to the industry being so fragmented, you know, Technology. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that there wasn't even a way to reach the driver. Yeah, you know, find out where they were at. Yeah. Just hope they just showed up one day, I guess. Well, even even uh, I would assume the hours that a driver driver is allowed to drive. Yeah, so they have drive have hours of service restrictions. Obviously, everyone knows like the Tracy Morgan case yeah. with Walmart. You know, that driver was tired before he even started work, and then he's driving a truck, and boom, kills a bunch of people, and. I think that's what a lot of the general public thinks about when they think about trucks or they see them in the road and they're just in the way. Like you don't understand, like, you know, even when they're within the hours of service that they can run, like their lifestyles are, are very difficult. Sure. You know, you're on the road a lot. I mean, when you're at, we've all been on road trips and you stop at that truck stop. And I just had, I was coming back from just Hershey PA and we stopped the one of my, I was like, this is the food choices we get. And it's like, yeah, this is yeah, dude. better grab a protein bar or yep. something. Cause it's, dude, it's, water. A, it's a lot of eating at gas stations. It's they don't even have, and they don't have showers all the time. Yeah. And the biggest thing that a lot of times people don't even know, but they have nowhere to park, you know? So you go there and the parking spots are all taken. Now the driver has to figure out, okay, if I may have two hours left to drive today and you know, the more I drive, the more I maximize my revenue, more money I make, but this truck stop may be the last one between now and if I get to the next one and it's full, I'm screwed. And you can't just park on the side of the road oh. because that's where if someone would happen to have an accident and you're sitting there, then the lawyers are all going to sue the trucking company for that guy sitting on the side of the road, sitting on an off ramp. Like you're not allowed to do that. But so I've seen I've seen trucks parked on uh, at a rest stop, but going on back onto the highway in a sense. 
right past the rest stop. Is that allowed, or are they just because it's booked so much they just have to stop? Yeah, it? I think it varies. The ones are when you're just not even near a rest stop and you just see a guy that happens to be sitting there, you're getting on or getting off. You know that you're technically. But if the guy's dead tired, like which would you rather him do? Sit right there or yeah. run into your vehicle? You know. And the problem is now these lawyers all over the country, they, and they have commercials everywhere. They have billboards everywhere. There's nasty truck drivers. Let's go get them. Yep. Well, most of the truck industry are small businesses. You know, there a lot of them are one to five trucks that they make up the majority of the capacity. You, know, you see all the big ones out there, Werner, Schneider, Swift, Knight. Yeah, those guys are massive, you know, and they have deep pockets. They also have a lot of lawyers. Like the ones you're going after... <laughs> You're just going to put them out of business. Yeah. They don't have the money that yeah. you're looking for because you got rear-ended or whatever it might be. You know, but that's what the lawyers do, so which means insurance rates keep going up. There's actually a bill right now that passed the House that would double the amount of insurance, auto liability yeah. insurance that a truck company needs. It's like all that's going to do is wipe out the small guy. Yeah. You know, And that's what breeds the competition is the small guy. The big guys love that. They want to wipe out the small yeah. guy. They control the market. You know, But... People just see it from their perspective and don't see all the hard work and Americans that are out there trying to get your products there until your toilet paper doesn't show up at the beginning of COVID, yeah. you know, and we had that whole problem going on, Yeah. you know, or and they're not even considered first responders of those supposed to keep driving through COVID the entire time. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, the amount of product that is touched by a, a truck, everything in the world, basically, like yeah. that's just, how do you expect to get some product from point A to point B? It just, it's, it has to happen. Yeah. And I think, that's the world we live in too is people are so quick to judge situations and and whatever it may be they don't think these things through and you know maybe they're not meant to i don't know people are tough to deal with at times yeah. but you know the lifestyle of a truck driver even you know i would drive when i was in medical sales i covered four different states so you know i wasn't driving a, an 18 wheeler but i was driving a, a it was a minivan and i, I loved it but yeah. dude it's not appealing like you're you're in the car for hours and hours every single yeah. day you're eating at gas stations you're going to the bathroom at gas stations you're pulling on the side of the road just for a 20 minute nap just to catch up because yeah. you, you had to leave at 4 a.m i've i've done all those things and and it's it's it is difficult, and and I couldn't imagine the the scale of being a, a big truck driver and have to deal with the the headaches and the inconvenience of how that has to be too. Yeah, and we're seeing it now. I mean, there's nobody our age or younger. You know, who do you know that's coming mm -hmm. out to drive a truck? You okay. know, and it's just not happening. So um, it's only going to you know decrease the amount of drivers that we have out there. There's a lot of them that are retiring. A lot of them did retire this year. You know, and it's just going to continue to happen. So we'll see. I mean, the, the industry is trying to evolve. It's right here about autonomous trucks and things like that. But, you know, they're only one accident away from everyone freaking out. And that's the problem with everything here. And, yeah. and they take small data points and make it a big thing. Sure. <laughs> like, like bad things happen all the time. If we read about every single one of them, you're like, wow, I'm never leaving my house. Correct. You know, so you can't take these small data points to stop the evolution of wherever things are going next. But, you know, time will tell. What do you think about those trucks? Um, I think there's a place, you know, there's what we look at is say, I was using example of like Chicago to LA, you know, so will an autonomous truck be picking up in Chicago or dropping in LA, highly congested areas? Probably not. But could a driver handle that, get it out to a terminal that's outside in the suburbs, then autonomous vehicle hooks up to it, takes it majority of the way. I mean, when you're driving in the middle of Nebraska, right. straight, 
you know, is totally different than downtown Chicago. Well, there, I mean, I, I used to cover, I was a medical, this was my first job and I cover like the Northwest, which made no sense. But, you know, I would drive in Montana and I, it'd be like, you'd see a mailbox and you wouldn't see a fucking house do yeah. it at all. It was crazy. And, um, you know, I was better in, have gas. <laughs> dude, yeah. So, so somebody said, you never let your tank get below a quarter tank because there was just, it was that desolate and I just didn't believe it. And then when I saw, I was in Nebraska, I was in South Dakota, North Dakota, and it's crazy. They're literally a mailbox where, and it's flat. You're not looking at mountains, the Nazi no. house. You're, it's a flat road. And dude, it's probably 10 miles to get to your damn house. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, I mean, the computers can think faster than we can, you know? So yeah. obviously, you know, you worry about like ransomware and, you know, cybersecurity and all these things. If someone took over a truck and, you know, ran it through a house or something like that. But yeah. uh, so, so it'll take time for us to get used to it. But within our cars they've been training this for years now i mean that's with the lane assist yep. you know they get the little beep you know if you're going out of there now you can parallel park without doing anything so yeah they're, they're selling them as perks to us but we're just getting closer and closer to you know driverless I never, cars. never thought of it that way it makes sense to testing it on the everyday consumer to yeah. to see how real it is even i just got a new car and if you get up close and if you're going at a certain speed without touching the brake and the car stopped, it actually it beeps a little bit and it touches the brake for you. It'll stop for you, yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Are there? Um, somebody mentioned this the other day, and I don't know how true it is. Are you, are you seeing in the trucking world a lot of couples, husband, wife, um, to take advantage of the, you know, you're only allowed 8, 12 out, whatever the, t the well, shift is. Is that something real or is that BS? Team, team drivers, yeah. yes. Yeah, but not necessarily always husband and wife. I would assume those people must have been soulmates because how the, how hell, the hell would you, would you do, do it? it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife does it too. She'd say the same thing about me. There's no way that we were doing that day in and day out. But, um, no, there's a lot of teams out there, you know, expedited uh, type shipments where they, yeah, they do take advantage of that, that they can get their, cut the time in half. Yeah, okay. so while one's sleeping, the other one's driving. You really don't have to stop for food, fuel, yeah, and that's about it. Can they? Can they? Is it is financially? Is it that worth it in order what you can make to not pause for that long? Sure, I mean, because you, you get heavy premiums on it. Now you have to have good customer connections that need those sorts of services. Uh, but if you compare it upright, yeah, and then sometimes too, they may have to take a load that only pays them the normal rate just to get them to the next spot. You know, just keep it going, but. It's there's plenty of guys. That's all they do. It, what's a percentage from a team versus a solo driver? It's what on the five percent? No, an additional revenue. No, no, no. From a standpoint oh, of number of trucks. Yeah, it's a tough one to answer, but I would say it's on the lower end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, most of it's not. Most of it's solo driver. Yeah, I figured that because even I ever since we connected, I I look at every truck that's driving by when I'm yeah. on the road, and I just. For whatever reason, it's just very fascinating. The logistics industry as a whole, as you see Amazon, how they're changing the game. I, you know, I just, from a business side, I try to study different things that are not in my industry so I can learn and figure things out. But also, on my products that are coming into the United States, and they're, you know, we fly um, uh, from from Thailand through Hong Kong to Cincinnati, which is where the, I think the main DHL hub is that we yeah. use. You know, we had a, a, I was doing Shay's Ears wedding, and this was 2018 or so. And they, he waited like super last minute to do everything. And his tuxedo landed in Cincinnati on Thursday and his, his wedding was Friday. I'm like, all right, cool. At least it gives me a day in case I need to change anything. Well, apparently there on, on 70 East, there was a, a tractor trailer accident 
and because somebody died in the accident, they had to shut down the road oh, yeah. for a certain amount of hours, yeah. right? And it was stuff like that that I didn't realize how much logistics played into it. And even now, you know, I shipped some stuff about two months ago. It still hasn't arrived to, to somewhere in Canada. I needed it to go. So you realize that there's so much that is involved in the day-to-day life and even more so in my business because it's it's my business. So yeah. I, I need to know. Um, it's it's a it's a very fascinating world. Um, and, and as the technology advances and as the autonomous trucks and all that stuff, like things are changing rapidly, it seems like. Yeah. And I think everyone's highlighting now, especially with international trade, you know, cause these, these ships are just backed up for days. I mean, LA long beach, it's, it's a three week wait. They're just sitting no out kidding. there waiting the dock. Cause it's just so much going on. There's so much buying, you know, and everyone, our whole theory was, okay, well, once we start opening back up. And people start spending money on you know, vacations and services, going out to eat and things of that nature. And they're not sitting at home just buying products off Amazon or redoing their house. That that you know the buying of goods would start to change, but it hasn't yet. And I was just reading an article today. They're saying it's like it's kind of crazy. Like it's actually getting stronger still as people are still are spending on the service industry. So That's crazy. There was just a lot of pent up money. I mean, people did were savings. They were they were paying down their credit card bills during COVID. You know, so yeah. At this point, they still have money to spend. You know, I always do the analogy with during COVID. It's like, well, if you were someone's going to spend seven thousand dollars on some, you know, Hawaii is probably even more than that, 10, yeah, 10, 11,000. and they didn't do that for a year, and they put that money in their house. You know, this is why the cost of lumber is ridiculous. Yeah. Right it's now. like four times or five. Oh, times it's an, it's insane. I think it was like a two two by four was like three bucks or two bucks before. No, it's COVID. like twelve. Yeah, dude, that's nuts. Yeah, it's it's lumber. We never really want to ship lumber because it didn't pay that much. You know, it's, and now it's like they got to get it going. But it's it's just the ripple down effect from all these things that have happened. And you even go back a step further. Like for a while there, they'd shut down the mills where they're making the lumber. You know, and then when they got, came back to work, they didn't have all their employees back. They were running on short shifts because they couldn't get all their employees back. And at the same time, the demand for the, the commodity was increasing. So we're still working through that backlog. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So my thought was just what you said, that because the um, uh, factories and whatnot would shut down for lumber specifically, that makes sense, right? They're behind backlog. So it's going to go, you know, just the supply and demand thing. But I didn't realize because of the cost of lumber in the past that people weren't really interested in shipping it as much because there wasn't as much money to be made off that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you can only charge so much for a commodity. You can only pay so much in freight before it just doesn't make sense to ship it. You know, so yeah. so it became like just higher volume lanes that may have worked for certain carriers, but then the rest of the stuff just became, you know, random carriers as it made sense. But um, it wasn't necessarily always with Target because for us, it didn't have a high profit margin to it. Or, you know, we couldn't recruit the type of carrier maybe we would want to, you know, it's, that would want a certain rate per mile to cover their costs. Okay. Yeah, you know, so, but now, yeah, it's like fair game for everything right now. Yeah. Rates are through the roof. I mean, it's... Do you see that coming down at all? It has to settle down at some point, but where it settles back will be the question. And this is probably a 2022 question before we'll get an answer. But like it isn't like you, I could just show you scales. You don't need to know anything about our industry to see like where rates used to be. You'd see like the 2017, 18, 19 rates and they all kind of go up and down, but yeah. they're really, they, with the graph used to be a lot bigger because the scale you could look at it. Now with 2020 and 2021 rates, they're so high that the scale looks like they, they had no change. In no kidding. Yeah. Cause the rates are just, just unbelievably high like how, things i never thought i'd see how difficult and i'm assuming probably not because everybody's dealing with it but like when you deal with a business owner right or whatever that somebody wants to ship product and and the cost is that drastic is how how hard is that for you to have that conversation or your team and or is it just understood at this point 
in the first three to six months, probably like the summertime of last year, um, those were hard conversations to have. And so people would just shop around and then eventually they found out like, okay, this is happening all over the place. But immediately they can't pass that cost on. Now it's been happening for so long that you don't hear it as much because it's become the new normal and those costs are all being passed on. So you keep hearing about, you know, inflation and the price of goods that are going up. I mean, going to the grocery store. I mean, I know for me, you know, I, I don't really look at prices that much, but I know if I buy so much in my cart, it should be like roughly the 200 same. bucks. Yeah. And now that's 280 or 300 bucks. I'm like, oof, okay. Yeah. You know, and that's things that people are feeling. And, you know, I've read another article was talking about, you know, re- retirees that have been living on a budget for all these years. You know, their, their income's not increasing and they're spending more yep. at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting and kind of scary at the same time with, with how things are changing. So let's talk, you know, um, kind of the tail end of things here the future of ARL, the direction. I know you've been expanding your team. Um, I know you guys are doing a lot right now. And yep. it's kind of cool to see that your vision post-COVID, where you're trying to take it. Are you able to talk a little bit about some things that you guys are working on? Yeah, and we're always looking a couple of steps ahead. But we, we do know that the networking will dictate the growth, you know, as we meet the people and the opportunities that they may bring or how we could package deal together with that person. You know, that's where we're really going to go. Now, and if, when, when you say that real quick, who are the types of people you're trying to get in front of? Is that business owners? Is that other logistics companies? What, what, what do you mean exactly by that networking side? So obviously on, on the on the customer side, it's it's the shippers that we're talking to and the opportunities that, that they necessarily have. And they may be using us for certain business now and have, you know, we can work towards future business. And every year we look to grow those relationships. Um, I have sales guys that are bringing on new accounts at any given time. I also have sales agents that are 1099 guys all over the country that are networking and meeting people, and they may bring us some different opportunities. So on that side, I think that's that's the revenue side of things. But then you get the employee and people side of it. And a lot of times that could just be us out at different events. Maybe someone that, that works for another, another logistics company now that's just not happy, you know, and they're looking to make a move. Maybe they actually focus on one line of service that they have not really what I do, but they pass up on all these other opportunities of things that I do really well. So they may want to bring that opportunities through us. What's an example of something like that? So we don't do, we, we do some less than truckload shipments. So if you want to ship a pallet or two, we can obviously do it and we can get you a pretty good price on, but just not something that we sell first. We're more in the truckload space. So 45,000 pounds, um, however we want to ship it. Um, so we may have, we may meet these guys to do high volume LTL because that's what it is. And small package as well. It's just high volume, low revenue, right. but good profit margins on smaller revenue, but you do a lot of it. And those guys don't tend to play in our space. So we may be talking to them. And as you once you just hit it off with them, whether you've met them at a networking event or you meet them through somebody else, you're at a dinner together yep. and you just click, you know, and they're like, man, I want to do something with you. And like, well, this is what I do. And they're like, well, I actually have customers that could use flatbed services. I just never, I don't understand it. I couldn't sell it. I was like, well, do you want to walk us in? You know, we'll, we'll do it in a partnership or you just walks in and become a sales agent of us. We'll pay a commission, you know, however it needs, needs to work to get to the business. But ultimately it's two people that just, Hey, genuinely liked each other. Want to do some business together. What's the smallest types of product or types of load that you guys are willing to get involved in? How consistent is, does that have to be throughout the year for it to be even worth your, your time? Um, the smallest this we're using, is just me because I'm yeah. super curious. Yeah, to be like 500 pounds or more is where we're at least going to do so that. So you'll then. literally be yeah, we'll do a pallet. For yeah, we'll pallet. do it. I said, but we don't necessarily come in and say, okay, you have, you know, 2,000 of those every every month. 
well, there's probably some guys that are a little bit better at it than, than we are at it, or they just get better pricing it. I know I could build a team around it too, but they're probably, you know, they probably in total do two million a month. Right. They're going to get better pricing than me. But if we have customers that you know we're doing business with them and they don't have a means to move that, or sometimes we just hey, I'll help you out. Like I know that's going to cost me a yeah. couple hundred bucks. I'll just move it for you. You know, as a sign of good faith, just yeah, get it course. off your plate. You know, so there's never business that's not enough. You know, we'll do one load a month. I don't care. You know, but I think as, as our guys, we teach them and coach them how they're almost building their own mini logistics company underneath of our umbrella. It's like, you know, at some point you're going to want companies that can grow right. with you and help you grow because then you can build up a team underneath of you. And it's hard to do. You'd rather do it with 15 to 20 accounts, get really strategic with them rather than 100 accounts that give you yeah. transactional business. Well, that makes sense, man. It's it's interesting. Logistics is cool. It's uh, it's such a unique thing. And is it something you always wanted to get into, or was it? No, I had no idea. No, <laughs> just I literally, I, I you know, when I got out of school, I went to Brashear. You know, city schools all my life. I just knew you're supposed to get good grades, so you can go to college. Yeah. Then I got to college. You know, went to Robert Morris. Quite frankly, just because they gave me money to go there, and I was paying for school. It's like right, I'm going to Robert Morris. You know, business management degree, whatever. Now I'm just going to have to get this degree as fast as humanly possible because I know society tells me I can't get interviews unless I have this degree, you know, and we could spend a whole show talking about what I think's wrong with colleges. And, oh, and yeah, for sure. This, that, that's a pay to I would pay actually, I would love to actually have that because <laughs> I, I think you would bring a good perspective on that, too. I think we'd have a good conversation on that. There's no reason what you need out of that. You can't do it in a year and a half. I mean, what are these? I don't need worldly exposure like i don't need that to intro go. to the bible and <laughs> oh, went to yeah. Duquesne. i was like i didn't even go to class like, like i'm not an artsy guy i know that at this point in my life i was you know 18 to 22 years old like i know pretty much what i'm into yeah you know so i don't need that i do need to get this business management degree so teach me the things that are around that about a business but let's get actual like real stuff about the business and For let's sure. talk to real business owners but anyhow so then it was okay now i just need to get a job and i got that, an opportunity thankfully from pgt trucking up in manaka and they had a management training program that would let me go spend two weeks in every department, you know, from driver recruiting to safety to accounting to billing to dispatch all the way through. And what I learned is I hated a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And, and there was a lot of that back office billing and accounting, all those things. But when I got in the dispatch, you know, I was sitting there and I worked in restaurants leading up to that. And uh, these guys are, it's fast paced, phones are ringing, guys are MFing each other, they're yelling across the room, driver comes, he's upset about it. And I was like, all right, this, this is getting me going. Yeah. This is fun. And then, so I just landed there, had a good mentor then that took me under his wing. Uh, he was given an opportunity to then go and start up a branch of uh, what was Pittsburgh Logistics at the time. And he asked me to go with him as his young protege. And I was young, dumb. I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's go. Yeah. You know, and it's just how it got launched. You know? Good for you, man. That's cool. It's it is so unique the path that everybody kind of lands on and where you end up and kind of how how life uh, unfolds for you. It's but if cool. I wasn't working my butt off to get through college, to get to that moment at that time, to be working to c catch the eye of a veteran that saw me and saw something to me, and you know was rough on me, but trying to help me, I would have never got any of those opportunities. Yeah. So it's like timing, yes, but yeah, I feel like anywhere I would have landed, I would have probably stood out just the same. Yeah, you know. I think I think timing certainly plays an aspect in everybody's life, but more importantly, what you said is if you work your ass off, that's you you could have the same opportunity as me, and you just outwork me, and naturally that's going to work in your benefit versus yeah. mine. And I think that's something too that we're starting to see a really big culture change. Is people are really lazy now, and the younger generation is. I mean, you know, it's 
it's got to be difficult to hire somebody that's younger in today's world. Maybe it's not, but I just see I just see this stuff on social media, and I see people bitching and moaning about everything, and it's like, man, like work earn earn your, earn your stripes, right? Yeah. It's just it's and crazy. it's not gonna be fun right off the jump. Yeah, like it's, nothing it, is. We're not all glorious years, and there was tough times. You had bad bosses, bad ownership, at different times. You know, so you know. But just keep going. And my thing always was, and even when I was really at odds with my previous employer, it was I would tell my guys, and I knew they were frustrated, I'd pull them out closed doors and say, look, I get it. I'm mad too. But if we get up every day and we choose to walk in this door and accept this paycheck, we are going to work our butts off. If you guys get a jo- another job opportunity, I'll write you a letter of recommendation. Yeah. You know, it was to that point. But I was like, but if we show up, we will work. Good for you, man. Yeah, and that, that's how I kind of rallied the troops around it. And eventually I got another job. And yeah, yeah, like, no, dude. Yeah, I get sorry. it, man. You guys are on your own at this point. Well, I'm out, man. But no, the same thing, though. I was like, if you guys ever need it, I'm here to help you because, you know, I wanted to see them be successful knowing a lot of them were in their 20s at the time. We're going to work for a long time. For sure. You know, and, and as I was rebuilding at, at ARL, I was bringing on some people that I hadn't talked to in a little while. They were all outside of their non-compete restrictions and just, hey, that's what I'm trying to build here. Do you want to be part of it? Yep. And, yeah, that's how we... Well, that, and that's where go. a big part of the whole networking aspect comes. That's why you don't fuck around at a job. You do what you're supposed to do. You take care of people because every industry is so small. Even in fashion, I have no business being in fashion. I just... Ne- it was something I just made up in my mind and decided to do. And it's like, I'm realizing how small this industry is. Yeah. So, dude, it's... it's that's It all stems back how we started this whole thing is just working your ass off putting yourself in a position to be successful and when you when you focus on the company environment you focus on the culture you realize those are all very very important things with building a stronger foundation of you as a person and also as the business that you're a part of and those people that choose to not focus on that not to invest their time then shame on them because they don't deserve the opportunities and i'll tell you right now I'd love to have a Rolodex of people that I've known for 20 years in, in, in the clothing world that yeah. I could call and bring on. I'm not at that point. I'm starting to get there. And it's it's really cool to be able to say, I know this person's trustworthy. Sure. You know, so it's the people that are out there that are listening. It's like, just work, yeah. you know, work. The, Penn, Pittsburgh's a small city. The world is small, like smaller than we have any idea. And especially now with technology, the connections we have with everybody, you could pretty much find anything about anybody on planet Earth yeah. within minutes if you needed to. It's 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 a different beast now. Yeah, and I remember sitting there young in the industry and sitting with these guys. They're talking, they're talking about, oh, you know this guy? I used to work with that guy. And I'd be so jealous. of like, man, they got all these connections. Yeah. And, everything else. and now I am getting to that point, too, yeah. where I am the guy sitting there t- having those 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 conversations with guys talking about who we know and the younger guys are watching, but it's like, but you just got to stick with it. Yeah. You know, I said that that does make it so that we've gotten some deals over the years that, Hey, it's just because this guy happened to remember us from four years ago and why we need to do the marketing and just make sure people are thinking about us when an opportunity comes up. But it was just the goodwill that we built years ago that I had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah. You know, that's why every event we go to, you're just talking to different people, saying, you know, it's going to be great this year, especially there's some events of people that we'd always see that same group of people, but you only really see them there. You know, so all those things are going to start coming up again. And we had one where we, you know, we've been inviting a lot of people to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's like we want to get things back going. And I, there was a connection made at one of these events of a guy that we've been talking to on the phone and, and doing Skype meetings with. 
And he was just sitting there, actually in our massage chair. Yeah, of course. You're the best. I need to get one for the house still. Yeah, he was just sitting there on his laptop, and he's like, have you talked to so-and-so? And I was like, no. And he goes, I didn't introduce you to them. I was like, no, but you should. <laughs> but you should. And he did. And I was like, this right here is exactly why we need to have these face-to-faces, because it goes beyond just the meeting, and I was just sitting there, and just he wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. And he and, thought and he it, introduced me to the, to the well, company. Well, that's what I was going to say. And at the end of the day, like, there's so many people I want to connect people with. And as I'm talking, there's two people once we get off here that I need to at least ask you if it makes sense for an introduction and i'm wondering why one of them i haven't yet um but it's like dude everybody's so busy everybody's that's why networking and being in front of all these people is so important because look there's there's no fault of mine for forgetting that it's just you you don't think about things and um people have their own lives and they're busy but we think about so many things what are you thinking about in that moment for sure, yeah. dude. I can't even shut my mind off at nighttime. Yeah. The amount of times at one a.m. I'm like, oh shit, I'll roll over and get on my phone and I'll make a note. It's yep. like, dude, like I gotta, I gotta stop. But you, we live in a world where that's not realistic anymore. It's just not. Yeah. So, what's um kind of finalizing here? What's the future for Aero? What's the the next couple steps you guys have for the next six months, twelve months? Um, you know, and then we'll kind of wrap with that. Yeah, I think, I mean, at this point, we've been really investing in the current people we have, so we are looking to grow. So, I mean, anyone that wants to learn more about our industry, I mean, I'm always willing to talk. Um, you don't have to have industry experience, but if you're, you know, a, a likable person that, you know, wants to bet on themselves, you know, that's, that's typically we can mold from there because we need to add, and it's a little bit harder to, to get applicants at this point. You know, I'm seeing it myself. Yeah. Um, but we're adding because we have needs, and, you know, we, we're – the budget said we should have probably hired, you know, X and of people. And I know we need X plus three now just to support the growth. And um, we want to grow as fast as possible, but it's when it makes sense. You know, we're not going to grow to put a number up on the board to stroke our ego. You know, we're going to grow, number one, to be sustainable. Because I'm always in that world of what if you lose your biggest customer tomorrow? For sure. Yeah, so that's what gr- gets me up to grind every day. Um, and I have that day one mentality every single day. That's knowing if we just keep doing that, then you'll keep, we'll keep making that growth. But you know, right now I have, um, you know, we have, I think, over 50, 50 agent terminals. Uh, we have our company store here in Pittsburgh, our corporate's up in Moon. I got my company store down in Jacksonville. We have a large operation in Columbia, South America, that we've been investing in for the past five or six years, giving them great opportunities as well. You know, will that mean that I, I end up with another office? And I got, actually, Timothy's moving to Denver. That's awesome. Uh, Friday. Okay. Um, but he's going to go out and do his thing. Yeah. You know, little, I met little, him at the, at the event. Yeah, he's got one of your suits. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he should be. You should get him in a fashion show. Dude, and, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so, but he's going to go. He asked me. He wanted to go work remote. And, you know, he's been living in the south side, but he loves the, the ski and everything else. He's late 20s. He's like, I'm going to take this opportunity. No kids. Like, dude, go. Good for him. Good for like, you. He's like, do it for a year. If you don't really love it, come back to Pittsburgh. If you want to stay. Hey, we'll start a satellite office there. I don't know if I necessarily want to build another big, big yeah. operation out there, but get you a couple people, get some people around you. And then meanwhile, as I'm talking to people, anytime I see someone that's Denver, hey, I got to hook up with my boy Timothy, <laughs> show him around, you know, because to see where those connections are go because he may just you know network us into something in Denver yeah. for all I know. Especially that part of the country, man. You, ne- you never know who you run into. You never know what one, one conversation leads to. And that's what I love. I know we're going to grow. I know we're going to grow and be profitable at the same time and take care of these guys, but I have no idea exactly how we're going to do it, yeah. and I love that. It's the unknown, man. It's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you, dude. I, you know, anybody that's out there listening, you know, I'm telling you, if, if you have any interest in improving your life, going and, and working for a great company, um, I, I personally staple my name all over you guys, man. You have been an incredible friend watching your business grow and watching you kind of execute things over the last few years has been really cool to see. And it's, it's exciting because we talked the other day when I called you and it's like, 
we're now at a point in our lives where, you know, we're mid thirties and we're getting to see um, what's happening and we're getting to be the decision makers of businesses. And we have a lot of cool people in our network and a lot of good friends. And yeah. um, it's a testament to you, of, to you and what you've done over the last 15 years for us being out of school, essentially 12 years, whatever it is. Um, but I'm happy for you, dude. I appreciate you being on here. And, and this was a good episode as always. And um, if there's anything I could do to help out in the future, we appreciate you. And, and um, you know, everybody make sure you check out ARL logistics and, um, appreciate you, Jordan. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.